Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's the Keith Walsh Podcast. It's essential like your breakfast. It will get you up and going, learn some things you didn't know Yeah, it's the Keith Walsh Podcast It's the Keith Walsh Podcast Give you energy like buck fast And if your head's in a pickle or you're looking for a giggle It's the Keith Walsh Podcast yeah. Good evening, yes, good evening It is uh, Monday night, the time is one minute p- Oh no, it's not It's 18 it's The 18th of the 1st uh, it is, the evening is, the evening is upon us. It is seven minutes away from 11 o'clock as I record this. I'm coming to you live from Newbridge in County Kildare, just off uh, the edge of the Curra, between the town of Newbridge and the small village of Athgarvan, on the way to Kilcullen. <laughs> How are we? Um, I hope this finds you well. It was a miserable, shitty day. But we got through it, it's over now, we can all go to bed. Of course, if you're listening to this, you know, on a Friday in July, just ignore all that. And uh, just let me tell you that I'm coming to you from the past, where uh, everything is kind of shitty because we're in lockdown. But um, the spirits have not been dampened. Okay, the spirits have been dampened a little bit, but we still have some spirits left. Um, my spirits are non-alcoholic. I got a couple of bottles of Lear's non-alcoholic spirits for the Christmas. I'm still getting through them. Just FYI. I don't know if I mentioned it on this podcast, but I'm not drinking at the moment. Um, so, just so you know. A little bit about myself. I'm in my 40s, my mid to late 40s. You decide which, mid or late. I am currently carrying a little bit of extra poundage due to probably knocking the booze on the head and uh, it's occupying a lot of my time my thoughts I took the weights out today and I said well if I do some weights that might help because I'm walking a lot anyway if I do some weights that might help with the deal with the sugar cravings apparently weights the more weights you do the better you're able to break down your sugar the less likely you are to get craving and also any sugar you do eat your body knows where to send it off to the <coughs> muscles not the muscle no that's rude anyway uh that's me um you don't really know uh, need to know anything more about me if you want to know anything more about me you can always email me uh, to the podcast email address is keithwatchpod at gmail.com because it's monday night we always put up uh, an episode of me talking to my friend mike you alright, Finn? Yeah. What's up? Juice. Where's your orange juice? What orange juice? They're bringing in. Ha ha. 
I hear it. Can I have some? No. Yeah. <sighs> Thank you very I much. You Thanks, son. Thanks, Dad. He forgot his orange juice. Um, I can't even remember what I said. Yes. Oh, yes. Every Monday night, I talk to my friend Mike, and uh, we have a good old natter. Myself and Mike worked in a hotel in London in the nineties. Sometimes we talk about that. Sometimes Mike regales us with his stories of people, famous people he met in the nineties, and uh, generally, they're hilarious. Actually, I shouldn't even say generally. They're always good. If I say generally, he'll be like, "What do you mean generally? Are they not always brilliant?" Anyway, uh, Mike has been trying to knock the chocolate on the head, so we had a chat about that. Uh, we had a right owl rant about the church because of the mother and baby home report, which was an absolute catastrophe, but I won't get into it now because I already... Because me and Mike talked about it. And uh, we did a little bit of reminiscing about South Kensington and, and the area, the surrounding areas and pubs in the area. Um, we got an email from a fella called J Dog, so we had a chat about that. Oh, and we kind of kicked off with the, a very brief uh, bit about uh, what would happen to us if our wives left us, or if we left, if we if we broke up with the with the missus. That's really it. I hope you enjoy it. Um, I'll be back with another little bit of chat after this. It is episode fifty-five of the Keith Walsh podcast. It's me chatting to my friend Mike. Enjoy, Mike. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. You're um, you're, you've changed again. Yeah, it's my wife. She's left me. Oh, lucky you! So I'm living in a flat, a bedsit. Oh, um, it's the main reason I don't. How's that working out for you? Not good. It's one of the main reasons I stay married is because I I just imagine, you know, the way you think. You know, sometimes if you if you're young, if you're single, and you you know you, you split with your wife, you'd. Uh, you know, you'd suddenly become this great Lothario and you'd have all these mm-hmm. women, you know, girlfriends. You'd be going out to the finest nightclubs, eating in the best restaurants. Obviously not at the moment, but, you know, you have these sort of fantasies that what life might be like if you were a single man, when in fact you'd probably just be living in a bed, sis, drinking cans of uh, extra strong lager and mostly wearing your underpants all day. Is that a bit? Is that a good way to start yeah, the podcast? I can see nothing wrong with either of those options. <laughs> yeah, they both sound good. <laughs> they're both, they're yeah, both, you, you, you. They're both an improvement. They're both perfectly acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get jealous? Do you ever see people? <laughs> so, um... do you ever see lads who are out in out in the fresh air drinking cans and just get incredibly jealous of their lifestyle? the moment if i see anybody eating <laughs> really jealous and the only thing that can improve the look on their face is with a fork through their eyeball listen uh this is our first time we will get to your food problems in a minute this is our first time recording in the morning isn't it so this could be like a this could be a new thing this could be vastly yeah. improve our quality of chat what do you mean how, how could we but it could imagine if I mean, imagine how good it is. So imagine if it was better. Wow, It'd be like stellar. <laughs> We'd basically just go bringing to the, us back to cans on the park bench. We'd basically just go to the uh, top of the to the uh, 
shite charts, shite talk podcast charts. Tell me, Mike. Tell me about your food. How's the week been? Because we, because we, we last, we last saw Mike Marin on the podcast last week when he said he was going to cut down on sh- chocolate. I think it was. Tell us, Mike. How are you today? It doesn't look good. He looks a bit shook. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looks a bit. You can't I even do, talk. I actually do. I'm looking at myself in the Zoom thing here, and I do look a bit shook. I look fucked. And I thought everything would sort of start looking better. I would turn into some sort of Greek god um, who would be able to take advantage of not having a wife and go out into nightclubs wearing sort of medallions and all that sort of stuff. But unfortunately, the Adonis-like body hasn't come yet. Um, and I'm really getting pissed off with the whole, with you actually, with your 100 days of no booze and your 100 days of no this and your 100 days of no that. And you and your ilk trying to make me thin. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Mike. This is there drinking Callahan. <laughs> I'm drinking Bailey's for breakfast. Don't tell He's anybody. I'm Heineken for a hundred days. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> days off. It's 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 drinking vodka and coffee. It's German supermarket Heineken. It's called Reineken. Bleineken, Meineken. Um. <laughs> So it's been tough, Mike, I, I take it. Yeah. So, yeah, I've had... Um, you, you should be proud of me. Not, not that I'm wanting anybody to be proud of me. I need to be proud of myself, obviously, and all this self-help bollocks. Yeah, love yourself, but, you know, Mike. I need to be... You know, it's all about me. Yeah. Oh, Jesus, I hate that when somebody starts doing that on Twitter. It's all about me. Oh, fuck off. It's not about you. It's about me. <laughs> so, yeah, I had... Um, all I've had this week is four squares of chocolate. Wow. That's impressive. Little squares of chocolate. Little chocolate or little squares? Yeah, and I had them on the the, the first night, actually. Um, they were actually little, as in L-I-D-L, chocolate, um, peanut buttery, caramelly type things. They were really, really lush. But when I saw that four squares of this stuff is 700 calories what? i just thought oh man what are you doing to yourself so I, I kicked them on the head uh on day two so i started on monday that was day one i kind of fell off the wagon ever so slightly i just needed something really sweet yeah um and uh day two i had and in my defense only because i'd opened the packet of mr kipling's actually it was a mr kipling's uh sort of uh, German supermarket substitute, so Mr. Gibling's okay. um, cake. And uh, they came in little wraps of two, and I didn't want the little one to go off. And that was another 700 calories. Shit. Everything is 700 calories. Whatever I want is 700 calories. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, um, zero chocolate. Um, wow. I've been down... Around hovering around two thousand calories a day. Wow! Um, so I'm just fucking starving though. I'm all all I can think about all the time is food. <laughs> and it's are awful. you? Are you? Hungry? Nothing takes it away. I'm just eating. Is it? Uh, are you craving sugar? Like, is it? Is it a sugar? Is it blood sugar thing, or is it just that you're hungry? You're not eating enough food. Oh, at this t- at this stage, I need a rotten crow off the road. Anything. 
because they do say when you're Literally. cutting, cutting, when you're watching your calories, you can't. There's foods you can just eat a lot of. Like you could just have, you could just munch on the cucumber there, Mike. Do you know what I mean? You could, and I'm munching on apples and satsumas and all sorts of stuff, um, and nothing hits it. Oh, the only thing that takes it away ever so slightly is a dried mango. It takes away the craving um, for food. Sounds it beautiful. Seems to fill me up. But it's nice. It's really chewy. It's like sort of. Have you had dried mango? I have. Yeah, I wouldn't be a fan of the dried yeah. fruit. I do like a, I do like a date, but they're very sweet. Like, oh no! Um, oh, who doesn't like a date? I like. Okay. And you know what? I, we we actually put it on our uh, shopping list as because uh, my wife likes a certain type of date from Mid- one of the German supermarkets. Yeah, is it Medjool? No? Huh? No, 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 no. Don't like the expensive one. We like cheap dates. And what do you call them? Cheap dates. <laughs> Sorry, we're, there's a slight delay. So just just in case you think I'm not reacting, there is a there's a very bad delay. Should we should we stop and start again or something? I don't know. I think we is it is it is it putting you off? Not really. Yeah. Um, it seems to be a bit no. more than we usually would get for some reason. I don't know. Maybe it's the time of the day. Um, can I just say though, Mike, you look well. You you look like there's. Um, for want, for, I don't want to insult, ins, not insult you retrospectively, but make you feel bad retrospectively. But there's a redness gone out of your face. Yeah, I think that redness actually last week came from the fact that I had a light um, in my face, and I was looking at that myself, thinking, "Christ, I've got high blood pressure or something." I'm not yeah. usually that red. <laughs> Plus, I was wearing a red top. I was worried. Um, and I was, I was looking going... at myself, thinking, "Jesus, I look like I'm going to have a heart attack or something." Yeah, I was concerned. Yeah. Like, I'm glad. I'm glad it was just a light. That redness wasn't there. That was just an apparition. <laughs> you do look. A bit, yeah. You do. You do look better, though. You look. Well, yeah, I'm delighted. You wouldn't. Be... <laughs> I, 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 I know. I said you look shook, but you do look better. Yeah. So looking shook is looking better than pre, sort of death. Well, like the shookness is 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 in your eyes, but the goodness is in your skin and your you know the rest of your face. You look you look healthier. I'm trying I'm trying to be positive here, Mike. Yeah, <clears throat> how's the uh, hundred days of no drink going? Absolutely fine, absolutely fine. Uh, I have no nothing really to report. Although there was a debate there, um, and I'll see what you think because uh, I know some of the people who are on my one hundred days of no booze WhatsApp group listen to this podcast uh we have about 130 people on the whatsapp group still so some people have kind of it's a big whatsapp group people have gotten a little bit like not but just some people aren't into that the noise you know because there's people constantly sort of saying oh i'm dying for a drink and then everybody rolls in and says look you can do it let's get through tonight and you know and it's great it's very very supportive but it's busy it's a busy whatsapp group but there was a bit of a debate on non-alcoholic beers and some beers you can get are 0.5 percent less than 0.5 percent so the way they brew Mm. some beers they have to they take the alcohol out of it so they brew it take the alcohol out of it so it tastes you know so it's 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 a decent tasting brew but they all there's always like a bit left over so they have to say it's a 0.5 percent and it's usually it's usually less you know obviously it's never more and it's probably never 5.5 percent which mean which would mean to get the effect of a light beer you have to drink about seven of them um, hmm. uh, and, it, and I didn't see. I didn't want to rain on your 
grade because I knew about this sort of stuff. And, I, and there I was thinking, oh, these light sort of zero percent stuff. A lot of it isn't zero percent. It's actually got alcohol in it. So it can catch you. And there's a lot of people who go to like AA support groups and stuff like that. And they say, oh, I'll just have a couple of them. And all of a sudden they're drinking 25 of them to get the hit of the alcohol from it. Is that seriously? Mm. Is that just apocryphal? No, that that no, that is a thing. People uh, people guard against it, um, and some people I know a few people who have been through the AA uh, won't touch a cake which has had whiskey added to it or a, a white wine sauce or whatever, even though the alcohol has been burned off. Whatever they just don't trust themselves. Yeah. So it is it is a thing to have even uh, you know the mention of wine in a sauce or whatever. So yeah. I think we're should be aware. I think we're sort of dealing on the group anywhere we're dealing with people who just want to take a break from the alcohol. So, you know, I think a couple of most of them are just having a beer. Mm. A, 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 you know, a, a zero they're called zero percent. They're allowed to be called zero percent. So they're having a beer, you know, just to take the craving away. And it does work. I mean, I, I have some in the fridge and I if I had one. I could never like I I, I can't. I remember uh, Frank Skinner talking about drinking because he doesn't drink and he he was a big mm. drinker back in the day, and he was talking about like like where what other thing would you consume in that quantity in that sort of short space of time? The only thing that people drink like they drink beer is beer. Like there's no yeah. other thing that you, like so it's it's purely for the alcohol because. Like if I, ha- I'd never sit down and have like, you know, big pints of non-alcoholic beer or even big pints of even Robinson's, you know, diluted orange or something. You, you wouldn't sit there for the night and have like six big pints of that. Like it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy amount of liquid to be putting into your body. Yeah. I mean, who would go out and have, oh, geez, I had 11 pints of water last night. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't, would you? 16 pints of milk. Fucking wrecked, wrecked the next day I was on the jacks. I I know that from experience when I go out and uh, you're at a party or whatever and you have to drive and people keep saying, will you have a drink? Will you have a drink? And if you don't stick to fizzy water or just regular water and you start having Coke or whatever, Jesus, you feel terrible. I get a pounding headache from the sugar in the Coca-Cola and stuff. Um, You know, and you could have six or seven glasses of Coke. That's terrible. That gives you, that makes you feel weak. But you see, Mike, this is the problem now, and and like you, you might know me well by now. But this is the this is me. I'm I'm. This is my problem. So I've knocked the alcohol in the head, and now I really seriously have to look at the sugar again because I was sugar free, and that's you. Can, there's, I mean, it's good that if you're not drinking alcohol, and that's bad for you that you've managed to give it up, and you're having you know a, co- a glass of coke or a few glasses of coke instead. But but kind of sugar is the other the other bad thing that uh, we all need to look at seriously which is i'm kind of trying to yeah, take the, the fun out of life to be honest with you yeah, that's it you can't you can't you know everything in moderation which is an awful lot more difficult than the old buddhists say you know um and i'm the same if i have if i start drinking coke uh, i just keep drinking coke um until i get feel sick um same with chocolate um beer and wine i can actually just give up it's not it's not an issue it's it's the it's the sweetness it's the food it's actually calories i'm i'm really hankering after chocolate 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 i miss you chocolate it's the sugar fat combo of chocolate 
Hmm. And the kegs. What were you watching the other night when you show, sent me a picture of you? This this was your, I presume it was your last hurrah. Was it last weekend? You were sitting in an yeah. armchair with a tray, with a, like, it looked like milk tray or something, or or, or maybe it was Lily O'Brien's or something, and you, you were about <clears throat> to watch something on the telly. Do you know what it was? It was Lily O'Brien's Salted Caramel Collection, oh, yeah. and it was a box of 16. Oh, right? yeah, Mike, tell me about them. Yeah, I had three cans of lager yeah. and 16 Lily O'Brien's, oh, followed by a Snickers. Oh, yeah. Tell me about it. It was just like porn. It was just phenomenal. <laughs> While watching um, uh, Wild Rose, that film you uh, suggested I watch, which was very, very, very good. It's a, it's a good it's a good film, isn't it? It's a feel good kind of um, teary, uh, funny, smart. She's she's a really good actress, isn't she? Very good. She's the Irish one who was on that. Graham Norton, How to Find Somebody in the West End program, wasn't she? Is that who she is? I couldn't play yeah. her at all. Don't yeah. tell me she's Irish. She is Irish, yeah, yeah. We mm. should get her on. We should try and get her on the podcast. I know Definitely. a guy I know a guy who could look into that for us. His name is Fergal Burke. He listens to the podcast, and every now and then he gets in touch with me about people he kind of knows, and he says, I'll try and get them on the podcast. He hasn't come through with anybody yet, but I've appointed him like an executive <laughs> producer of the podcast. He's shit. <laughs> He's pretty the worst producer ever. Although I did say to him that he's he's done more work than some of the producers I worked with in the past. Uh, he he uh, he's trying to get me a certain actress that he kind of knows through uh, someone he works with. So he's been working on that. I said I I, I make up a list of a, a dream, my dream list of guests, and he can work to he could tap away he could tip away at that. Um, but yeah, so shout out to Fergal for not sorting any guests for the podcast, but maybe yeah. in the future. I'll put that on the list. I must find out her name then. Yeah, okay. She's Irish. Good. Yeah, Jessie something. A big, she's a big um, Jessie. Hang on a second. Uh, she's a big boy Jessie here. So uh, you enjoyed the movie anyway? Yeah, it was very nice. It was a great way to spend an hour and a half of my last night of sort of uh, eating chocolate. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a sad ending. Was there, um, you see, this the, the film th- wasn't sad ending, it was the chocolate <laughs> finishing. <laughs> it's a terrible thing we do to ourselves that we do, you know, you finish on a Saturday night and then you're like, the misery of how was Sunday for you when you knew, like, okay, I'm starting today? Actually, that was Sunday night. All um, oh, right, okay. So Monday was the start. And I, I kind of look forward to it. I, I look forward to the results part of the program. You know, if mm. I'm, if I'm, um, if I'm watching Strictly or something, I go straight for the results. Um, so this is what I'm trying to bypass now is the uh, hunger and look at the Adonis like figure at the end of it. That's, that's my own, my end game. The problem with having an end game, of course, is that it finishes. So you then get back into your old habits, you know, so I know this from experience that I've just got to keep increasing my end game. Yeah. Just, yeah. The, the, so you could do a hundred days of no chocolate, but then you have to, extend that then once you get past 100 days you have to go 200 or whatever yeah mm. doesn't no that's not <laughs> i'm not not ready for that it's only been five days so far so no not not ready to even no no that's that's shite what's the plan mike what's the plan with the not eating chocolate uh just to knock it on the head it's all about changing your um immediately i went from not giving a rat's kazoo about the amount of calories i'm taking in 
to looking at everything I pick up and maybe even Googling an apple, how many calories are in an apple, how many calories are in a tangerine, how many calories are in whatever. And just sort of thinking, right, okay, 150 calories gets me through breakfast and 150, 200 gets me through lunch. Then I can have a proper dinner. So I don't want to get in touch. don't want to ruin anybody else's enjoyment of food in this house because we all assemble for dinner every evening. And it's quite a nice sociable thing. So I don't want to get rid of that. And I reckon that most of our dinners would be probably around the thousand calorie mark. So if I can just, you know, not tip a thousand before I have dinner and then finish it off with a couple of bits of mango and uh, a bit of orange happy days a bit, a bit of um, a bit of mango a bit of or a few oranges and then go out into the field and scream at the moonlight for two hours that should yeah, see you right I, I kind of started to get a, a few kind of dry headaches i felt like i was um i wanted to eat the inside of my mouth i was so hungry delicious you know that <laughs> There might have been a bit of residue of chocolate on the inside of your mouth from Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to take my fillings out just to see what actually <laughs> Just licking the back of your fillings. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, I've actually got a dental appointment this week, and I'm thinking to him, listen, if you take any of that plaque off or whatever. <laughs> just, in the uh, bag. Yeah, I'm not going to spit anything out. <laughs> oh, Speaking of plaque, here's the thing for you. Hmm. So, you know, the way we all when when America started having health problems and uh, they really wanted the, the sugar people really didn't want it to be their fault. So what they did was they said it was all the, the fault of fat. That's why people were having heart attacks. So we all we all looked at the fat content of our foods and you could buy low fat, you know, low fat, this low fat, that low fat, soda, low fat. Hmm ice cream, low fat fucking dairy spread, whatever. We took out the butter. We took out the, you know, people stopped eating all that bad fat. And then it turned out all along that it was sugar. That was the problem. And it's the sugar that causes the plaque. And it's the sugar that causes the buildup of shit on the inside of your arteries and veins and causes heart attacks. Thanks. So... (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to help here, Mike. Is that supposed to be motivational? Don't do motivational speaking as a as a <laughs> What I'm saying is you're, 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 you're doing the right thing now. From Weight Watchers or like that program on RT where people are trying to lose weight. Yeah, you guys, uh, no matter what you do, no matter how much weight you lose, you'll never uh, lose the ugly heads and you're all fucked anyway. <laughs> Mike, I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to say that yeah. you're doing the right thing. Right, you know. Yeah. But uh, Jessie Buckley is an Irish actress and singer. Her career bang- began in 2008 as a contestant on the BBC TV talent show I'd Do Anything, in which she placed second. Oh, fucking robbed. Um, in the same year, she appeared in the West End revival of Stephen Sondheim's A Little Night Music. Oh. So there you wish to try and get her on the podcast. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. If she's, anybody... a, she's an attractive woman as well. She's very attractive. She's yes. got a there's she's got a certain something about her. Like she's got she's got Moxie. She's got chutzpah. She's got she's got attitude. And I really liked her version of the um Primus Scream song. Yes. Country Girl. Uh and I've I've listened to it on the, the the soundtrack is on Spotify if anybody's interested uh in checking that out. 
But uh, yeah, definitely try and get on the podcast. Will I leave that up to you or will I ask my friend Fergal? You can get Fergal on it. He's he's yeah. really listening. Right. He's really onto everything. Fergal, okay. I mean, it's just he's, he's literally got... bombarding me with texts and emails and sort of stuff about, you know, do this, do that, do the other, mind your pitch. <laughs> I mean, he's getting involved in sort of direction and everything. So yeah, I mean, put it onto him. He's he will be able to shoulder the burden. If I know Fergal, whatever his name is, Fergal or Fergus? Fergal. <laughs> Fergal Burke or Burgle. Yeah. You can call him, you can call him Burgle. 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 Yeah. The Bergster. Uh, the Bergman. Ingrid. <laughs> Good name, Ingrid. Ingrid Bergman. Um, so uh, what, what, have, what have you been up to then? So what have you been doing with your time? Because, you know, when, now that I'm not drinking, I have a lot more spare time. Are you finding that without, when you're not sitting down eating chocolate, you have a lot of free time? <laughs> have you taken up any hobbies? So here's a quick fire question for you. Yeah. Who does the hot press in your house? Well, nobody until it gets so bad that we have to sort it out. And I've done it a couple of times. And, and when I say a couple of times, I've done it like, like it'll get, it'll get done every six months or maybe a year when somebody will go, oh, for fuck's sake, I can't even get at that. can't even get at anything here. Um, and then we sort it out. But we have a quite a small hot press. It's just the tank, really, and then a few shelves above it. Um for the towels and the, the the sheets and all that. Does that answer your question, Mike? Kind of. Do you want any clothing in there at all? Not really, no. The clothing generally is dry before it comes upstairs, and then the plan generally is uh, it's brought into bedrooms and put away. But usually it stays on the stairs for about two weeks, and nobody yeah. brings, it, nobody yeah, brings yeah. it up as they go past. There you go. I'm just, just seeing a pattern. I'm just, I'm just, you know, and I'm sure the listeners can contact you. And let us know what their hot press stuff is because I, I, I'm in, I'm intrigued with hot presses now because I do the washing in this house and I put it out in the line and I take it in and put it on the clothes air or whatever and then it makes its way magically into the hot press and if I put it in there all I get is oh oh for three weeks but if anybody else my wife puts it in there it's like it's perfectly neat and tidy or whatever it's no different to mine. Um, but she just thinks she's much better at the hot press than I. So I think it, it could be, you know, a, a sort of a, a couple's management issue, the hot press. You know, and it could stand for an awful lot of what's happening in within a relationship. You know, tidy hot press. Happy marriage. Yeah. Um, are you? Are you? Are you finding more? So, so this is what you've, you've got more time to think about things like the hot press, or, or like, are you? Is the hot press a messy place? And is it is what's what's Sally Ann's issue? Is it that she can't find stuff when she needs it and you don't put it in the right way and it's mixed up with all the other stuff? What are, what are the specifics of this, Mike? I, mean, I think we need to drill down. Well, the specifics would be that I live with two people who um, couldn't find... If I say to somebody, listen, can you go and have a look for this mm. uh, in my house? They go and have a look for it and they come back, I can't find it. I walk into the same room that they've just allegedly looked for stuff in and I go, oh, there it is and walk out with it because I actually look and open my eyes. People in my house have a tendency not to open their eyes when they're looking for things. So me, I just kind of throw stuff into the hot press. Now hot press has got a, like a proper, a big door on it. So, you know, you, you, you can kind of get your shoulder in <laughs> and press everything in that you've just kind of thrown in. And there's particular piles for particular things. And I kind mm. of regularly put it in there, but 
then I get, where's my hoodie or where's my jeans or whatever. And it's just like, Jesus Christ, do I have to go and have, do I have to go and look through it? Do I have to do everything in this house? Yeah. No, I get miraculously, it, if they put stuff away, they can find it. If I put stuff away, they can't find it. I don't know. I don't know if they're just getting at me or whether I'm getting at myself or whether I've got far too much time to think about stuff that really doesn't matter. I think you're right with the last um, thing there, but um, but it's okay. But it's normal. It's fine. You know, you're not you're, you're not losing it. You might be losing it a little bit, but you're you'll, we still have time to save you. If we can get you to, I don't know, some sort of institution, you know, within the next couple of hours, we could probably save you. You'll be all right. Um, but uh, I was going to say something about the hot press, and I can't think. Is it an airing cupboard or is it a hot press? Well, it is definitely a hot press, to be honest, which because I mean, it's airing cupboard. Cupboard is your that's your English um, influence there, I think, to be honest with you. But yeah, the people who don't the people who say no too quickly to the question, have you seen my? uh, Yes, whatever. And they're too quick to say no. And you've a suspicion that they might have had it. And they're saying no. Like if, like I have, I live with people who will say no. Like I'll be, I'll be like, I won't even have the sentence out of my mouth. It's like, have you seen the car? No. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen my hood? No. I hear you. Because if there's, because they feel like if they leave any gap or if there's any sense that they might have been the last person to wear that or use that or take that, that I will look for them to get involved in the looking for it. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It becomes last person touched. It becomes the responsibility. They're just trying to absolve themselves of any responsibility for anything. Yes, of course. It's like, no, don't know. Yeah. Like it, it almost it, it, like, have you have have you seen the car keys? No, I haven't. I didn't. Do we have a car? I didn't even know we had a car. Um, I didn't know cars used. I didn't know cars used keys. Yeah. What's that um, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. No. Bye. Uh, really, like just too quick with the no. And then you then you're suspicious if it's all the time, you know. Do you know what? Actually, you've just reminded me of something. I um I had to get a guest's car one day, mm. and he said, um, "You don't need to unlock it; it's keyless." And it was in the early days of keyless technology, and I was uh, I was parking cars for people. You don't have to unlock it; it's got it's keyless. Just put the key in your pocket; it's great. I put the key in my pocket. Uh. I um put the button on. I drove up, I reversed into a spot where he threw all of his bags in. He jumped into the front seat and said, thanks a mill, guy. See you later. Drove off. And half an hour later, I get a phone call from a petrol station saying, you got the fucking keys of my car in your pocket. How did he get that far? Like, what was the... So, so it just didn't need a key? Because I've got a key, a car, that you don't need to put the key in but you need to have it on your person. So you need to have it in, you need to be in the car. The key needs to be somewhere because it'll just cut out. It doesn't cut out. This was an early Nissan. It was very oh. early days. It must've been 2002, 2000, no, 2006, 2007. And he said, it because his, um, uh, what you call it? His, his petrol light came on and there was a beep, beep, beep all the time he just assumed that he was really 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 low on petrol unfortunately he stopped about 10 miles 15 miles away and got out of the car and it locked him out <laughs> it's like, oh my god I can't, I can't even get up with petrol he couldn't do anything he was completely like and I, I get this phone call i'm having lunch and it's like oh 
Have you got that guy's key in your pocket? Like, oh shit. He told me to put it in his pocket to see how good the car was. Oh, he was such a fucking show off. Yeah. So, oh, there's, there's so what did you do? Did you just, you just <clears throat> put the key in a taxi or whatever? And no, I had to. We was in. It was uh, when I was working at uh, Doombeg, so I just had to get in one of the vans and drive off. Meet him. Ah, okay. Yeah. Wow. No taxis. No Ubers. Nothing like that. Can I can I ask you about uh, can I ask you about uh, the, the where you work now? Will that be opening soon? Is there any any indication of what? When we might be able to it. go back to see the cliffs, the cliffs of more are closed, right? So the shutters are up, so you can't see them. Oh no, you can you 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 can see them. Um, uh, the car parks are closed. Everything is closed up there. Um, there's access from coastal footpaths and stuff like that, but there's no facilities whatsoever. And there's no well, there's people up there keeping an eye on the place, but there's nothing nothing going on. Uh, and they're not obviously inviting anybody up there at the moment because we're in the middle of a level five. I've locked in and you can't go further than five kilometers from your house. So uh, when those restrictions are lifted, um, they will start bringing people back in. Um, but realistically, without vaccines, I can't see sort of, I can't see us going back till June, July. Wow. wow. Yeah, I'd say wow. Seasonal has got a new name. You know, it used to be that you get in sort of early March, get everyone ready for Paddy's Day. Yeah. And then kick off. And uh, yeah, I reckon we'll, I mean, they've already said there's going to be no parades for Paddy's Day this year again. Um, and I doubt, I'd say Easter is pretty much cancelled. I can't see them making the same mistakes they made about Christmas. You know, that'll be great. Just one day to see people. Stupid idea. Worst idea in the world ever. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's got a knock on effect for everyone. I uh, and are you doing okay? Are you, are you all right with that? Are you happy enough? You just with the with the hot press duties <clears throat> keeping keeping you going at the moment. Hot press duties, spending a significant amount less on uh, chocolate, and of course, I am now a captain of a drone a drone flying school. Oh God! <laughs> so sorry, it's, you bought a drone, and now you're a captain of a school a drone flying school. Yeah, well, I'm teaching everyone in the house how to use the drone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, actually, my son is teaching me how to use the drone. So I'm more like a sort of co-pilot, really, in the school. But but once you know how to fly, you will be in charge then once he passes on the information. Yeah, that's a that's a that's a that's a foolish move by him to, to give you the information because, you know, knowledge is power. It certainly is. You tell him about it. Tell him. Tell him that. Well, from the rafters, baby. He's too young. He's, he's, he's too young to know the secrets of knowledge. But I don't know about that. So how's the how's the drone going? I like that drone going. How's the um, drone going? Uh, before I answer that, yesterday my wife and I went shopping, and uh, we, it was a big day out, and we I threw on a podcast, and it was whatever I was listening to last, and it came up with Desert Island Discs. And it was the Christmas special. Now, bear with me on this now, okay? It's got, it, it involves you. So it's the Christmas special this year, and it was um, Cliff Richard, who was on Desert Island Discs 66 years ago. So he's wow. one of the people to actually do it again. And uh, he was talking about his music and talking about his life and whatever. And I always, 
I don't like it when musicians come on and pick pieces of their own music. He picked two, uh, and he picked actually his favourite, the one he wouldn't let slip away in the in the in the waves, as one of his. So I, you know, that puts uh, him down on my list. But the funny thing was, he played a song, um, "I Can't Make You Love Me," um, Bonnie. You know that song, Bonnie mm-hmm. Who. I was hoping you were gonna. I was leaning against an open door. B- there, Bonnie Tyler. No, <laughs> Bonnie Ray. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Bonnie Ray. And it is worth listening to that episode of Desert Island District. Scrub all the way through to that song, and just listen to the way that Cliff Richard pronounces Bonnie Ray. And Sally Ann crumpled up next to me and said, "Sounds like Keith saying Ray." <laughs> Sounds like he's doing it in a sort of a Kildare flat accent. And he's good. yeah, uh, I really love Bonnie Reard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it brought so much joy to us on the way. Bonnie Reard. And he kept saying it. Reard. Reard. <laughs> Bonnie Reard. Is she great? She's great. <laughs> Sorry, um, I, I, I digress. I forgot what the question was. Now I gotta have to find that. Uh, so, so the 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 uh, drone drone is going great. <laughs> the drone cla- school is going great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've still got the guards on it, so it won't fly more than fifty meters from the house, and it won't go more than like seventy meters up or something. So it's kind of if we lose it, um, you know, it's it's not that big a deal. I'm thinking actually of rubbing some dog food on it or something, just in case we do f- lose it, so we can send the dog out in the fields to have a look. Oh, That's okay. A, I thought yeah. you. I thought you were saying rub dog excrement on it, so no one would pick it up if, the, if you lost it. Sorry. No. Yeah, that's not what you were saying at all. <laughs> <laughs> I know what we'll do to stop thieves. Dog excrement. Has. Listen, has your car, has the catalytic converter in your car, is it okay? Are you, you know, speaking of thieves and maybe you should put uh, some... I'm, I'm still parking the cars within the uh, CCTV area. Yeah, um, good. Thieves have not been back, but there's a huge spate. It's been all over the local and national press, actually, about um, catalytic converters. Wow. I saw somebody on Twitter the other day, actually... Uh... <laughs> they, they were, they'd come out of their house early in the morning and their boyfriend's car was being d catalytic converted yeah by a pair of yobos yeah these like long angle grinders and present great presence of thought took a video and sort of went if you see these lads you know um the they stole my boyfriend's whatever and then you see the two lads who are stealing the catalytic converter run after that person and i don't know whether it's a male or female but they end up throwing their bicycle in front of the car that the two lads are driving as the getaway vehicle to stop it. And this is in Dublin. Yeah. I, I saw that. I think, <laughs> sorry, I've gone quiet. I think I was trying to describe that video to, to you last week when you were talking about your catalytic converter. So I thought you were taking the mic enemy. No, no, you didn't mention that to me last week. In my head, I did. <laughs> so yeah 
yeah, that's uh, yeah. She, he or she pulls the bike in front of the car, yeah. and and then they think about they they chase them with the car, and then the guy is trying to get in. He's trying to get his, I don't know what it is, angle grinder into the back of the. Oh Jesus! It seems like more has more hassle than that's worth. I don't know because I've been reading up on it, and there's some fella local to here, and he's been in front of the uh, the guards and court and whatever, and he's been boasting that he can do a catalytic catalytic converter in 14 seconds oh my god that's pretty good and it's just the catholics it's not the protestants <laughs> no it's all to do with the mother and baby homes apparently oh they, god the catholic the catholic converters uh they were at the nuns weren't they a uh, different thing altogether they were the brainwashing nuns jesus christ that's don't start me on that. Do, do not start me on that. Don't start no. anyone on that. I mean, it's just a disgrace. It's Absolute a blight. disgrace. It's a foil on the arse of this country, you know? Do you know what it is? And I, I spoke a little bit about it on, on uh, another podcast I put out, and it's just the report is shit, rubbish, not good enough, mm. not a good enough report. It's, there's, you know, it, it's not true. So not only has this report finally come out, but the report isn't good enough. It doesn't go as far as it needs to go. It actually almost victim blames. It does yeah, victim oh yeah. blame. Um, so the report is shit. That comes out. And then how the government deal with the report coming out that these people have been waiting for all the time is terrible. They don't get yeah. copies of it. They do this, like, webinar. Fuck off with your webinar. Like, what? Like, who... What, what planet are these people living on? Give them a copy of it. Let them look through it and then tell them. And then they, they wanted to wait and they said, can you hold off on your apology, please, Taoiseach, until we've actually read it? No, no, no. Uh, I'll do. They're just the whole thing is a shambles. And it's actually, I, I don't usually say this, but I'm embarrassed. On this one occasion, I'm embarrassed to be Irish and, and, and embarrassed that these people are in charge of this. It's a, I, I, I can't believe... Like, I don't actually believe that these people don't know what they're up to. The, the As your one, Catherine Connolly, uh, she's at Catherine Galway, I think, on Twitter. Mm. And she is the last can call at the moment. She's brilliant. And she spoke brilliantly about it. And she took them. She took the heads off them. Um, and she called them the three wise men or the three unwise men running the show at the moment. And it's just, they can't not know what they're doing. It's su- seen- subterfuge. It's 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 not. It's not what it. Sh- this is not like this is supposed to be victim led, and it is the exact opposite. If you can think of the exact opposite of victim led, it's a, it's a sham. It's a joke. It's and I'm ashamed to be Irish. No, listen, I hear you, but there, there's an international sort of playbook on this. Um, something happens. Government on behalf of the people, who don't do it apologize um institution gets away with it it's you know it, it's as old as the hills yeah they've been doing it with the uh the the, the catholic church here in this country for on, on, on lots of institutions there's not you know pedophilia and child abuse is not just within churches and organizations or cults as i like to call them they don't like being called cults but they're just a bigger cult than a small cult you know they're all based on whatever but, you know, people stand up uh, in our so-called democratically elected houses and apologise on my behalf 
for something that somebody else did. That's like saying like this, the guard standing up or the judge at the end of a judgment saying, listen, I apologize on the people of Ireland that this fella over here robbed your house or your catalytic converter. But um, uh, I'm really sorry about that. He doesn't have to say he's sorry. He doesn't have to pay you or get your catalytic converter or even go to prison. So he's all right. You're forgiven. Thanks. Uh, we'll, we'll draw a thin veil over that whole situation and off we go again. It's exactly the same. And also then to try and blame the families. So we all, oh, yeah. it's the whole, we all partied line, you know, we, oh, we were yeah. all, we were all responsible ultimately for the plight of these girls. So we were all responsible. Oh, I don't, just don't, I've started, it's oh, yeah. too late, but, uh, but I don't want to get into it. Like, so, you know, you're kind of thinking of these poor girls that were dragged into these homes and, and, and I also like, like, because, um, people talking I think it was my mother was on to me and she was sent sent me talking sent me this email talking about brave women and you know some women managed to sort of you know you know get away and you know some women were strong enough to stand up to this kind of thing which I thought was totally disingenuous but mm. there was plenty of strong women that got away and went to England and were brought back yeah were forced back by like brought back on the boat like yeah. found so so when they rocked up to a catholic uh, uh, charity for help they were basically held and brought back to Ireland to yeah. to be put into a home and have their head shaved and have their baby there and have it taken away it's oh oh my no this and, is and this is not this is not a specific Irish thing either this is a Catholic church thing they've done it in Poland they've done it in Denmark they've you know they are the excellent child traffickers they mm. are they've had centuries in doing it and I don't mind saying that, you know, I mean, come at me if you want, lads. But yeah, you know, go after my... is... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, we have the money of Fergal, of Fergal Burke behind us. Yeah, we got Berkey's books. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck them. I mean, at this stage, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, they're, they're, they owe all sorts of money left, right and centre, Um uh, and and I heard a, a priest the other day on the radio saying that, uh, you know, we're, we're in a shocking state because um, we're not getting the crowds through the door and we're not getting the money from the people. Oh. And uh, the the guy on the radio, that Cahill McQuillia, I think, was saying this. And surely um, you could just ask the uh, the Pope, you know, Rome for a couple of quid. Yeah. About, no, 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 no. What we do is we take money that the whatever x amount goes to them and we take what's left yeah, it's even like they get 10 euros and have to give one percent or whatever no they take if they get 10 euros they have to give eight to church and the rest they 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 reinvest in their own wow. I mean, it's absolutely shocking god forbid a business might uh close down because they just weren't getting the footfall because people didn't agree with their bit the way they were doing business so they didn't have the money to continue and they had to close down i mean that would be i mean i've never seen that happen before to a business no. that 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 went about their business in that kind of way and that people voted with their feet by just not turning up and not giving mm. the money Jeez, that's a terrible god love them that, that's but awful... in this instance they weren't even saying that people were leaving the church it was people because of the the lockdowns they weren't opening and they think it was highly you know people need to go and you remember saying listen can you not just pray in your own bedroom or whatever yeah surely that's you know your your god is with you oh, uh, yeah. i know no no like the community aspect and the money 
Yeah, <laughs> the community aspect and the money aspect that we need in our pockets. Yeah, yeah, it's terrible if the, the whole thing had to close down. And that, it's funny because I started really thinking about that, how the Catholic Church is so inextricably linked with the country. Like we are we are Catholic Ireland, you know, which with that, mm. that needs to end. They need to get out of our institutions. They need to get away from the hospitals, get away from the schools. Let us run our own thing. I'm happy for the Catholic Church to stay. And I'm happy if somebody wants to go down to a little church down the road you know, a little small little building uh, yeah. and do their worship with their, with their local priest. And, and, you know, there's some good priests out there. I'm sure they will continue to, but they just cannot be allowed to have the stranglehold on this country that they have. And they need to be told, and, and, and I actually tweet, they need to be run out of the country. And when I say run out of the country, they need to be run out of the institutions and have no involvement. There is no Absolutely. reason. It's, it's, it's mind boggling and mind bending when you think that of the power that they had and that they kind of continue to have. You just need to just say sorry. You're not involved in this anymore. You've you're 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 all idiots. Yeah. Get out. You're all wrong. Yeah. I mean, but it, see, the problem trying to oversimplify it, or not trying to oversimplify. It, I probably am oversimplifying. Yeah, it, is when, which is a good when, way when, to do it. When when the English um, sort of left, they you know, and the and the state was founded. Um, and my history isn't great, but. Mm. The, you know, you had the political sort of era started up and political parties come, but there was this great um, structure left behind. The church had people in every parish. They had middle management. They had upper management. They had a base in Rome. They had this, that, and the other. And they, they were really on top of things. They could collect money. They could do this. And they were shown to be very good at organizing things. Mm. You know, great administrators. Yeah. Hence... They would, you know, the state would go, listen, schools, those lads, we pay them, we subcontract them out to the schools, they get a nice sort of rounded Christian education, and whatever. So on the face of it, it was actually a really good deal for the government yeah. of early days. But they let them in, and like water getting into a dodgy building, they got through every crack of society. And then they started telling us how to live. Mm. I mean, they, they, they shamed and demonized people who got pregnant. It takes two to tango, people. It's not just women. Um, you know, they, they shamed and demonized those single mothers and then made money off the back of them. I mean, it's just unforgivable. As I and think I said, no, wait, no, no Hail Mary in a, a quick rosary is going to get you out of that one, you know? But I think... Uh... I think in fairness, if at the big, you know, if Dev made that decision that we need the Catholic Church, we need to, you know, they will, they will guide us, you know, they will give us our, our moral fortitude and we will be, mm. you know, so, so we'll have, we'll have strong, athletic young men and, and uh, obedient young women. And, you know, the Catholics will guide us in prayer uh, to the, you know, to, to be a, a brilliant, beautiful country, ed well educated, all those kind of, you know, lovely ideas but they they fucked up their side of the bargain and uh like yeah re totally lost their own themselves so it's it's very it's it, it's it's totally acceptable to go sorry lads yeah. we thought we thought you were this but you're, you're not so we're 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 letting you go we're letting you yeah. go lads but thanks very much uh you, you know for thanks for nothing but uh, the, we, the we problem is you see they they own a lot of the infrastructure mm -hmm. they own the schools they own this that and the other and then the second um that you know, reparation was being made to people for all sorts of abuse. And they, you know, there was sorts of redress was supposed to be handed out and money was supposed to be handed out. They started sort of putting playing fields into trusts so they couldn't be sold for cash and this, that, and the other. Just, you know, they, the defences went up and they, 
they just hemmed in all their money so it's untouchable as a cash asset. Yeah. You oh, know, yeah. That, that, it's cynical. It's just cynical, and, ugly, and horrible. And it is, for, you know, we do, we do, we are oversimplifying in a way because there's a dark, dark side to that whole. Oh, yeah. Like that particular religion. And, and I can understand how, how that probably operates you know, behind the scenes and we, but we just, we just need to be strong and we need, we need people like Holly Shortall to take over and tell them exactly what way it needs to be going forward. We need, you know, I never thought I'd say like, I never thought I'd be, I'd support a political party, but we need people like the social Democrats to take over and do, and also not, not lose the run themselves when they get into power. (laughs) That's the problem. I think any organised organized religion or organized political party or once you start towing the line of somebody's it always be, starts off with somebody's thought and then somebody has to back it and then you know your social democrats will have to sort of stand behind ideals and whatever that are agreed mm. at party level even though it might not it might not sit too well with the likes of holly or whatever um and they still have to go out sort of sit down and promote that as a as a thing that they're doing and it's one of their key sort of lines and um yeah once you start organizing into groups you're snookered any democracy goes out the window that's why we need to give them a majority we need to give them a majority when in the next election uh it'll save a lot of hassle uh i don't want to end on that i don't want to end on on no on a a give you out you know i i read out this email that i got into the um keithwalshpod at gmail.com email account and uh, it's from a guy I, that I call J-Dog but I thought I'd read it out to you just a sort of a a little uh, because you might enjoy what he was saying uh, just yeah. finished listening to your podcast where you were talking to Mike again not 100% sure why I'm dropping you a line but you asked and I'm currently sitting in a dentist waiting room so what the hell I'll start an email to you I've been listening to the podcast from the start and I've listened to all of them with the exception of Jason Byrne episodes so this is he sent this, I think, in towards the end of November. Um, I just haven't gotten to that yet. I only stumbled across the podcast when you made reference to it on TikTok, I think, or perhaps it was Instagram. Anyway, I'm glad I found it. You hooked me from the start with your chat with Mike in the first couple of episodes when you spoke about life in South Ken in the mid-90s. Oh. I spent much of my early 20s just down the road in Fulham and working in pubs in that area and related hugely to your experiences uh, and instantly recognised the types of characters you were describing. I worked and drank my way around South Ken, Fulham, <laughs> North End Road, Chelsea, and Earl's Court from around 94 to 99. Oh. That's bang smack in the middle of, of mic time yeah. around there. Uh, great, great time. Spent most of the time between Rossies and Fulham. Ro- yeah. is, it, is it Rossies or Rosies? Uh, slug and Lettuce. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. The World's End, which I think... Yes. Oh, yeah. What a boozer. Yeah. Was The World's End not in... Um... There's lots of World's Ends. Yeah, there's a few World's Ends. I, I think there was one up the King's Road, was there, as well? Mm-hmm. There's, uh... Yeah, there's... Uh, oh. Bootsy, yeah. Bootsy Brogans. No, don't know what Or up to Waxies in Leicester Square for a treat. <laughs> what was Waxies? I, I feel like Waxies was the place that Shane McGowan used to drink in. Oh, that was dirt... Dirt, filthy, filthy nasties, Filth, filthy McNasties. Filthy McNasties was his place. Yeah. Filthy wow. McNasties. We must get J get J Dog on. He worked. So he he must have known. Um, oh, there was another pub up in. Um, oh God, we used to do a roll of pubs 
um, on a Saturday night in South Ken. Um, huge Irish. We used to start off in the bunch of grapes. Yeah, remember between, the bunch of grapes. Yeah, it was on uh, between South Ken and uh, Harrods, and then we would go to. There was a pub um, out the back of the t- tube station that I went to a few times. Maybe that wasn't. Which tube station? South Ken. South Ken. Yeah, there was loads, loads of pubs. There was three or four pubs around there. You had the Anglesey. You had oh, there was a couple of real manky boozers on the way down there, um, which were okay for a couple of beers. Um, you know, sticky carpet, sort of you know jackpot machine in the corner. Yeah, log top love. Yeah, one of those. And um, oh, what was the other one we used to go to? We used to go to the Polski Yacht Club, which was the Polish Ambassador's Yacht Club. Wow. And and because it was the Polish Ambassador's Yacht Club, you could drink till five o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and then and then get a yacht home. Um and the Borscht and Tears was another one. Don't remember that one at all. Yeah, Borscht and Tears. I think that was near enough um Harrods. It was Bor- Borscht and Tears sounds like something that would happen to you after being in the Polish Ambassador's Yacht Club. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You used to get Nigerian beer in the Borscht and Tears um, place. It used to serve Borscht, as in Polish or sort of food. Yeah. That sort of, and um, Tears, I don't know where the Tears came from, but we used to get up there and you could go after um, the pub, you would go to the Borscht and Tears and then go to the Polski Yacht Club. Brilliant. Absolutely fantastic nights. So there you go. So J-Dog, he says... Uh, I'm home since 2000, now in my mid-40s, married with three kids, job, mortgage, etc. cetera, uh, working in the civil service, which he's enjoying. And uh, he says, uh, uh, despite popular belief, I, along with many of my colleagues, have been working harder and longer than ever since beginning to work from home due to COVID. But it also has its pluses. He says, anyway, just letting you know, I'm really enjoying your podcast and especially the episodes with Mike. And he goes on, but that's, I just thought I'd read that out to you. J-Dog, I want to marry you. J Dog is the is the dude. That's not his real name. He didn't want his real name used. So uh, J Dog. So well, there you go. We, we might have met J Dog at some point. I'm sure we have done. Well, you, I would be fairly sure you probably you were drinking in the same pub at the same time yes. between 1994 and 1999, which was we peak we peak peak mic time uh, around that area. <laughs> we breathed the same putrid oxygen. I'd say beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Mike, lick, lick, lick. <laughs> I can't even talk. Mike, listen, I better let you go because um, I'm dying for a piss. <laughs> oh, brilliant. <laughs> I've been holding on to it for about 15 minutes. I realise why I don't do podcasts in the morning because... Uh, in the morning is when I get up, drink a pint of water, have several cups of tea. Oh, you idiot. Then... <laughs> oh. Did you not just go in a bucket or something? I should have just pissed in a bottle while I was talking. Yeah. And you would have just heard this like trickling in the background. And you know what? I've left a cup of tea go cold because I didn't want to sort of be slurping. Oh, on... you and I've got an slurped. apple here as well. It's looking at me. And if I eat an apple, it'll be like. <laughs> But the great thing about the great thing about bursting for a piss is once you announce it, you don't really need to go that badly anymore. It's a psychological trick. You know? I don't know. Lots of people use it in negotiations, don't they? That they need to use the toilet. No, they 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 hold on. They drink a pint of water before they go in, and then just kind of go, and it really 
focuses the mind. Focuses them. I know that there was a one of uh, the English prime ministers said that he used to do his speeches while he needed to pee. Yes, I think it was Tony Blair. It was after him. It was after. It was uh, David Cameron. Maybe? I think it was Cameron. Yeah, he used to. He used to need. He used to make sure he needed to pee while he was giving his speeches. I can't imagine why. Yeah, and I think one of the Irish politicians. I can't remember who it was. Sort of he, uh, <laughs> late nineties. He'd only make a speech if he really needed to shite. Nothing like nothing focuses the mind. <laughs> Actually. Um, speaking of which, now you you often say to me if I heard anything recently. Um, finding Ghislaine Maxwell. Yes, have you been listening to that? Because I started. Uh, it. Uh, well, the first episode apparently about, about talk about poo pooing in your trousers and that sort of stuff. Um, they talk about uh, Robert Maxwell. Like oh, yeah. Was that something Give he liked? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, listen, we can continue next. I've just wet myself, so uh, we can just keep talking. There's no point in me going to the toilet now. Uh, Mike, good luck with the chocolate and the sugar. And, and uh, No, don't mention it. Don't, I'm better off not talking about it. I keep thinking we should just do a, We should do two podcasts a week now. I keep saying that. Like At one point, I think I said we should do it every day, but maybe we should look at doing two a week just because yeah, we're, we're not doing that now, are we? No. <laughs> Listen, if you think of a story that you want to tell me or something, if you come up with something and you think that'd be great, just give me a shout. We, 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 can, do a, we, can, we can do a podcast ad hoc whenever. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to go out Monday night. It doesn't have to go out, you know, whenever you feel like it. If, you, if you're... Cool. As, as long as it's, if, it, if, it's um, if it's calm conditions, I'll be flying my drone. Otherwise, I have nothing. Okay. So if you're not drone flying and you have a good story and you, that something pops into your head and you want to do a just a podcast on the fly ad hocly. Let's do it. Just drop me a line and we'll jump on. And I'm you for some reason. Okay. You, the internet just went, drop me a line. Oh, apart from my fucking uh, card business, which is, I, it's really taken off and I can't keep up. But apart from that, I'm fine. But I'll That's tell you about though. that. I love loved the other card you showed on Twitter the other day. But we will talk about your card the next day. Yes, we'll do that the next time. Yeah. Mike, I have to go and pee. Okay. You have to go and eat more oranges and fly your drone. It's a nice it's a nice day for flying. It's clear skies. No, 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 no. Bad day. Okay, go. Okay. Okay. Fly, All right. okay. <laughs> okay. See you. Bye, 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 bye. Thank you. There you go. You gotta go when you gotta go, you know, even if it's uh middle of a, or at the end of a podcast it could have been the middle of it like we could have got, gone on for another hour you know if, if I didn't need to go and take a wee so just peed in a bottle or something but that's the problem with recording a podcast in the morning I could be the only person with that problem when I get up in the morning I like to drink a lot of water I like to get my I like to get my water in for the day you know so I'll drink a good big pint of water and then I'll have some tea and might have some some coffee decaf Soy milk, and um, yeah, my tea is decaf as well. I uh, I gave up, I gave up fun. A few a few years ago, um, and then I can I tend to spend a good bit of time up until, you know, before lunchtime, just peeing a lot. So a lot of my work is, a lot of my activities are close to home. Um. And then I ease up on the liquid intake after that. Or either that or my bladder just adjusts. 
And um, at that stage, I've washed all the good stuff out of my system anyway, so I'm kind of fucked. But there you go. Thank you very much to Mike, as always. Uh, I always enjoy talking to Mike, and it's good. Like, in the lockdown, I think everybody should start a podcast just to have someone to talk to. Uh, That's not the only reason I talk to Mike. Uh, He's entertaining. His stories are great. And uh, he's a nice chap. I don't just talk to him for the company. It's not like, you know, because we're in lockdown, anyone will do. It does help that I get to talk to him. You know, it saves me. He's my saviour. Like, my wife is great. My kids are great. I love, you know, I love hanging with them. Chat to them. But, uh, I think that maybe they're sick of me. Whereas Mike only, you know, he only gets to talk to me once a week. You know, he seems to kind of not be sick of me. I think. Anyway, thank you very much, Mike. Uh, That's it for me. I have to upload this and then write a bit, write a thing and then do a thing and then draw a card and do another thing and uh, then get to bed before the witching hour. I'd like to be in bed before midnight tonight and get up tomorrow and have a right go at the day, you know? Just can't get up in the morning. That's a whole other podcast. Anyway, listen, mind yourselves. If you enjoyed the podcast, tell your friends, give us a review, uh, subscribe to the podcast, five-star review, write an actual review, that'd be great. Uh, Say something nice. If you're not going to say something nice, it's okay if you don't leave a review, that's fine. And there is a little link where you can contribute to the podcast a few quid, just something small, 20 grand would be absolutely fine, a one-off payment. Um, The money would go towards the upkeep of the podcast people, as in myself and Mike. And uh, if we got a few quid, I might give the pal John Connolly a few quid because he kind of helped get me started. But, you know, I'd love to have them. I'd love to have them all on my staff. Do you know what I mean? Throwing them a few twenties every now and then just keep them going. Like, I wouldn't pay them, but I'd make them give up their full-time jobs. And then they'd be like saying, like, they'd be like a boy band going. And I'd be the manager and they'd be going, yeah, it's great that we were on top of the pops last night, but we've no money. And I'd just go pull out a wad of cash like a wad of hundreds just take peel off 100 rip it in half give one to Mike and one to John That's and then they just have to live on that until they they plucked up the courage to ask me for more money that's the way I see it anyway so if you feel like donate to the podcast that'd be great this is a, um, a part of the ACAST network um, we're with the ACAST team the greatest team in history and uh, that's pretty much it for any of your comments uh, I'd love to hear from you if you're a listener to the podcast tell me where you're from and what you're doing and what you usually do when you're listening to the podcast that'd be great and if you have any guests you'd like to suggest or suggest yourselves uh, the email address is keithwalshpod at gmail.com and I'll get your emails as soon as possible take it easy good evening good night take care goodbye 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 Goodbye. Time to say goodbye. La 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 la
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 